This episode of Driven Minds Podcast is brought to you by Brooklyn Polished. Brooklyn Polished is an 11 free vegan polish that will keep your nails looking their best and you ready for any occasion. Explore green beauty. Head over to bkpolish.com for your bottle and follow them on IG at Brooklyn Polished. That's B-R-E-U-K-E-L-E-N, Polished. Stay polished, be polished. Enjoy the show. Podcast. This is Franz Bowen. This is Trav Weeks. Yeah, yeah. Back with another installment. And tonight we have author, Forbes contributor, uh, co-founder of New Girl on the Block, Pollyanna Reed. Hi. Mm-hmm. How are you? Lovely. Love, love y'all. So happy to have you on. Just from us initially meeting with Daniel Calderon. Mm-hmm. Um, at that moment, what I meant was telling me what you were doing, and then when I was able to do my research and really see what you're doing, like I've been blown away. Like you. your drive is out of this world. You know what I mean? From being an author, from being a ghostwriter, from working with all these different brands, from even business development, and having your own mentees that you coach. Um, so um, it's been inspiring, and um, thank you for coming on. We appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Indeed, indeed. So let's start with uh, where you're from. Um, so tell us about your company, New Girl on the Block, and yeah, start from there. Sure. So I am from Toronto, Canada, and uh, I come from a, a like middle middle class two parent home, um, preacher's kid. So I lived in a bubble most of my life. Um, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and that comes along with its own pressures and labels and limitations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea for New Girl on the Block came to me because when I look back on the, you know, on my childhood, it was my mentors who really believed in me when I didn't believe in myself, right? After, you know, years of depression or suicidal attempts or, you know, emotional, mental, sexual, physical abuse, right? My mentors are the ones who helped me pick up the pieces and put my life back together. So when I started New Girl on the Block, it was more so about legacy building. Right, it's a mentorship program and a consultancy, um, and so on one end we have you know w- millennial women who are going through various transitions. So they could be homeless youth and prostitutes, and then on the other end of the spectrum, I've also mentored Olympic ath- athletes who are looking to retire and don't know what that transition looks like. Um, I think uh, motivational events. Um, it, it puts me in a really tough position because people go to these events and they get hype for the day and they go home and want to literally like shoot themselves in the face because it's like that hype fades away after a while and then they're left with no tools or resources, right? right? So like it's people like me, the community workers, right, who um, are mentoring these individuals who then have to pick up the pieces. I have to make hospital visits because, you know, a, you know, a girl calls me and tells me she's going to kill herself or I have to, you know what I mean? So I think that it's more than just having motivational events. I think we need more um, people on the ground really investing in our youth and like holding their hand if necessary um, and providing them with what they need. Mentorship is not a blanket. It's not a one size fit all. It's customized like to the individual and what they need. So for me, it's more so it's way more. I feel like the true definition of success is giving more than what you take from this world. And that's how I'm choosing to give. I feel like it's the greatest contribution I can make with my life. 
Was there like a moment in your life that sparked this, you know, this way of living where you know you want to give back and find a way to integrate a business model with it, or just even mentoring your mentees? Was this like something that that was the catalyst for that? Uh, again, like my relationship with my own mentors have been life changing. I'm a college dropout, so mm -hmm. for me, there's no. My daddy's not rich. I don't have a baller boyfriend. There's no degree. There is nothing to fall back on. So my mentors have also acted as sponsors because there is a big difference. Mentors guide and give you advice. Sponsors actually advocate for you when you're not in the room. They send that introduction email. They they you know put you in the room with bigger players. So my mentors operate as both. And that's what really helped me um, catapult my career as a writer, as a mentor, as a businesswoman. So like because of the fact they had on me, I'm like, why don't more people know about mentors? Like why, why am I meeting so many, especially women of color, why am I meeting so many women who don't have someone advocating for them? Why am I meeting so many people who just like, who don't even know that mentors exist or the definition or how to get one or how to pro, like that is the purpose of my life is to spread that message because like it's such, you're doing yourself such a disservice if you don't have, the power of someone believing in you can mentally and physically change the game, Absolutely. right? And so if you don't have that person in your corner, you're automatically like you're behind mm -hmm. i really feel like you're behind so i feel like it's an intentional relationship that you should seek out absolutely yeah absolutely. Um, sorry i'm like so passionate and so fired up about it because it could literally change the trajectory of your career how you view the world right, right? there have, i've had mentees who have traveled with me i put them on planes and that was the first time they ever fucking left their hood right, right? like and because of that experience that they will never forget, it's now changed the way they see relationships, the way they see their life, what they contribute, how they interact with people. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm not saying every mentor needs to put their mentee on a plane, but I think like just helping them um, understand a broader perspective. T.D. Jake says, you will not go further than you think. And a lot of individuals are just, they're not thinking outside the parameters of their neighborhood. And so I really just want to like break that. How does one go go about finding a mentor? Because even in my personal life, that was an issue. Like I couldn't <laughs> five, six years before I found like a big home, like a mentor that I have now. Shout out to my man Dustin, mm -hmm. um, that you know schooled me, schooled me to the game. Let me know, yeah. you know, um, where I should, what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be, when I messed up, you know, from you know wild out <laughs> too much, <laughs> you know, told me to calm down. How does one even go about like finding somebody to you know mentor them? Um, I think that it's part organic, part intentional. For me, my mentors, I mean, I came across them on social media or maybe I went to an event and they were speaking. So it's like I had that aha moment where I was like, I definitely want that person in my life. I definitely want to connect with that person. You'll read a lot of articles that say, like, don't cold call, don't eat cold email. Like, it should be organic. They need to get to know you, blah, blah. But I honestly just sent an email to all my potential mentors and I just asked them the question. Here's what I have to offer you. This is what I can do for you in exchange for your time and your investment in me. Right? So I just made sure I had, it was a value exchange. Um, and then they were like, Sure, you know, so for some of my mentors, it's super organic where we can text anytime, I can feel comfortable to pick up the phone and call them anytime. Then I have an one of my mentors, I have four or five, um, we do a one hour phone call once a month, and that's a little bit more structured, right? So the mentorship relationship is exactly what you make of it, um, but that initial connection 
just raise your hand and ask the fucking question, right? Like you just, you don't, you just don't know. So I'd rather just ask. And if they say no, that's cool. I'll move on to someone else. But I think it's also important to keep in mind that you don't only need um, like physical mentors, but virtual mentors are also a real thing too. So you like, it's okay to your Tony Robbins and your, um, you know, Miles Monroe and your whoever, right? Whoever resonates with you. Um, I personally, I study two CEOs every month. So what I'll do is I will study all their talks, all their podcast interviews, read every article, look at every speech online, and really hone in on everything. Because it's it's difficult. You can get wrapped up in so many like so many different directions because when you self-educate, you just, you know, you want to pick apart from so many different people. So I just limit it to two, focus everything on them, and then I move on to a new two next month. You know, so it helps me organize and compartmentalize what I've learned. So it's not so overwhelming because as soon as someone gets overwhelmed, and this is feedback I've heard from my mentees, as soon as I get overwhelmed online, it's kind of like, okay, I give up, fuck this. Like, it's just too much for me. I don't want to put in the effort. So I just kind of narrow it down a little bit. Speaking of narrowing it down, so how, how does one become a mentee? Like, what are, you mentioned that when you would, um, like, cold call or cold email, you're telling people or your uh, potential mentors, this is what I can offer you. What are what does that look like? What are the criteria to be a good mentee? Um, okay, so one thing that I truly believe is that blessings have requirements, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I'm asking for a mentor to invest in me, I got to think about what is the value exchange and why would they be willing to do that? Um, they have to see something in me. So for me, like I feel you kind of have to have the ball in motion and do the work prior. There is a level of personal development and professional development that I feel like you have to do on your end to at least show your mentor that I have tried and I've exhausted all my options and you are the next step. Because I've had people approach me that haven't even done anything. And that tells me that you have poor work ethic. It tells me that you're probably lazy. It tells me that you're not willing to try, right? I can work with someone who's willing to try, but if you haven't even Googled, if you haven't even done any informational interviews, if you haven't done anything, I likely don't want to work with you because I want to see that you're willing to invest in yourself before I invest in you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How did you um, get in being a college dropout um, and figuring out yourself in that space? How did you even get into writing? Um, because I was bullied and tortured as a kid. Um, I was So I was a high-performance athlete my whole childhood. Um, and in school, I was bullied and tortured. People used to call me all kinds of names. I wasn't like, I wasn't cool. I wasn't, I used to eat lunch by myself in the washroom to hide from like some of the girls who would pick on me. Um, I used to hide in the library. And so because of this, I was by my, because I was by myself, I used to write. I used to write about like my dreams and goals and what I hoped my my world would be one day. Right. Um, and because my, when I would write, the space I was in was like perfect and peaceful and quiet. I was like, this makes me happy. There's something here. And so like I continued to follow my dream. But the thing is like when you're when you're a little girl, little boy, you are made to believe that you can have anything and everything you want to be. And then you reach high school and all of a sudden you need to be fucking realistic, mm-hmm. right? And it's very confusing. And so I got lost in that gray area um, when I now had to be realistic. And so in my senior year of high school, when I went to my parents, I'm like, I want to be a writer because, you know, this is something that I've been doing. It makes me happy. They're like, are you kidding me? Like, no, mm-hmm. right? Like I had failed grade 11 and 12 English. I wasn't a scholar. They're mm-hmm. like, your report card does not reflect, you know, what your career could look like. And so... 
my parents were like, fuck that, no. And so I ended up going into a program that they wanted for me. Um, and then I ended up dropping out my second year after I tried to commit suicide um, during my recovery. And so like, I took that very seriously because I felt like it was a sign from God that, you know, he's giving me another chance. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of told myself that, you know, this is my life and my dreams are worth it. And fuck what anyone says. I'm just going to, I literally walked out of the classroom exam week. I remember the teacher put my exam on my paper and I ripped it up and I just walked out and I told myself I'd figure it out. And so from there, I got a mentor and then my mentor is kind of like, you know, we kind of pieced the puzzle together slowly over the next several years. So I can tell um, you've been in some dark spaces in your life. Mm -hmm. What is that journey like just climbing back from that, from that dark space? Where you've I feel like the best way I know how to climb out of any hole is gradually. Right. And I think that a lot of people, like even when they're in those dark times, they want the results quite quickly when it's like it's a process and there's levels to this. Right. So for me, it's once I reached out to my doctor. So I was I mean, I've had depression since I was a kid. But once I reached out to my doctor around 2010, um, that was life changing for me. Right. I raised my hand and someone saved me. Right. Like I had a lot of therapy. I was on medication. I think you know oftentimes we kind of just sweep everything under the rug it's like no like you need to talk about this stuff i think everyone at some point in their lives should have some sort of therapist should have some sort of someone you can confide in or else you will drive yourself crazy especially if you have a business so for me honestly it was just over the course of several years like doing the self-work having that self-awareness understanding my triggers understanding how to avoid my triggers if i am triggered what is my um, emergency exit you know what I mean like what do I do so like having those answers and discovering those answers over time has helped me for sure gotcha. I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm just like soaking this all in I, I, I definitely um, you know can take a page from your book because I'm, I'm some, somebody that's prone to uh, some melancholy as well um, what are dealing with that there's some people who aren't as um, you know forward as you in terms of you know mm -hmm. making that first step. Right. How does somebody encourage themselves? You know what I mean? Like where? Yeah, absolutely. Where? Where? What? How? How can you? Um, what kind of uh, processes can you recommend to develop that type of fortitude yeah. for somebody who doesn't really know? Because you're an intelligent person, and I'm, I'm sure that you know while you were going through your seasons or what have you, that um, you were able to identify them and, you know, by and large, seek help. But not everybody has those sensibilities. So how can you develop? A thousand percent. So remember, like, before reaching out for help, there are many dark days. Like, I mean, in college, I was in a two-year program. I dropped out my second year. But there are many times I missed school for weeks or days at a time because I was in bed crying. I wouldn't shower, wouldn't brush my teeth. I was, like, just a hot mess. I would literally look, at the, look into the mirror and hate the reflection staring back at me. So I know what it's like to just not... But the thing is, like, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? I was watching everyone else enjoy their lives and thought, like, why can't that be me? And then you also think, like, did God forget about me? But there, you know, there are times when you can think that, but then you have to, I feel like when you practice gratitude, you attract more to be grateful for. 
right? So I started celebrating very small victories, right? So if I got up that day and ate Ooh. breakfast, if I got up that day and combed my hair, if I got up that day and socialized in some capacity, whether it was saying hi to my mama or whatever, like those were small victories. And so even on a larger scale, you know, as me and you, and as we're doing business deals now on a larger scale, like even when you have the smallest victories in our business, it's like, it's still a win, big or small. So I, I really hone in on those and it kind of like track record would show me that like, okay, like as I put one foot in front of the other, you know, good things are going to happen. Um, and more good things are coming down the way as long as I keep moving forward. Um, so again, I think it's your support system. It's a combination of how badly you want it. Um, it's a combination of being patient with the process too and understanding that it's going to be gradual. It's a combination of... I think a lot of time, remember, I came from parents who were raised in the church, so it's more so like, you know, they would tell me to pray it away, which is not possible. If I had a broken leg, you would not tell me not to wear a cast. You wouldn't tell, you know what I mean? So I do think that people should seek up, seek professional help because maybe sometimes you need to be in rehab. Maybe you need to have medication. Maybe you need talk therapy. There are options for everybody, but the combination will be different for everybody as well. Right, so um, yeah, for me it's like I can't do. I recognize that I couldn't do it by myself, and I didn't have to do it by myself because there are options out there for me. Uh, let's switch gears for a second. Sure. So you're a writer, mm -hmm. and that is a um, it's a wonderful world, but also a difficult world to navigate. Oh, it's fucked up. Like yeah. I, like if you it, anyone who wants to be a writer knows that they're walking into insanity. Like right. you know that from jump. So where 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 were some of the uh, avenues that you took to? Um, you know, not only educate yourself, but to uh, get into certain publications? Um, okay, so I'm a self-taught writer. I don't have a background in journalism. I failed all of my English classes in high school. So with that being said, um, I started, okay, so I met up uh, in 2009, 2010 is when I connected with my first mentor. And she's like, if you want to be a writer, then you need to um, start a blog. At the time, I didn't have any kind of portfolio, just journals. And she's like, you can't do shit with journals, right? So she's like, start a blog. And then that was like that seed. And this is very early on where blogging was you know, relatively new. Um, so that was my seed, of, like my outlet. And so once I, you know, you know, had a few, I mean, I had three views, 13 views. It wasn't anything crazy. But after a while, I picked up momentum and I thought, okay, um, you know, may, what are the other options that are available to me? So then my mentor, who also acted as a sponsor, she called me one day. She's like, I have an opportunity for you that I think you'd be really awesome. I've been watching you for a while. And this is why it's always important to do the work even when no one comments, even when no one likes, and even when no one acknowledges you. Because you don't know who's watching and what power they hold. Out of those three views on my blog, one of them was my mentor who had been just watching quietly in the background. And so she calls me. She's like, I have this opportunity. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, she then connects me to the editor-in-chief of one of Canada's largest publishing houses. And for the next four years, I'm a journalist being published in every major newspaper across the country. Whoa. Right? So it's like no paperwork involved, nothing. Like, it was just a matter of, like, I believe in you. I want to invest in you. Let me make this connection. Wow. So, like, even I don't want people to think that this was handed to me either. Mm -hmm. I still had to do the work. Right? Like, I still had to perform. So it's not a matter of, yes, someone can connect you with opportunity, but are you ready for the opportunity? Right? And so, like, I always try and stay ready so I never have to, like, get nervous or get that anxiety when I'm getting ready. You know? Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurs, like, you always inspire because you're, like, super multifaceted. Like, you know, you're a writer, a consultant, you run your own empowerment platform, and um, do business development as well, too. 
um, how do you manage it? Like, what's a day in the life? You know what I mean? Like, I think it's interesting because I hate to call myself an entrepreneur. I more so like to say multi-business owner because like, I actually do have a nine-to-five, right? And a lot of people assume, I guess because of the way I move and operate, a lot of people assume that I don't. However, um, I have a nine-to-five by choice because I look at a nine-to-five as... Um, uh, I'm going to business school for free. They're paying me to be at business school mm-hmm. because I'm not, a, I think you, okay, how am I going to say this? I take initiative. I do informational interviews with all the senior level executives. I sit in, I volunteer to sit in meetings. I have no business sitting in mm-hmm. because I want to learn how the business is run and operated. In my, in my company, like myself, I make six figures. I don't need to be at a nine to five, but I, I choose to be at a nine to five because there's so much more for me to learn and I want to be a student in the game. Um, and so a day in a life typically looks like for me. Um, I also think what's very important to highlight is that the fact that when I chose my nine to five, I made sure that it hit certain criteria. Mm-hmm. I wanted millennial driven. I wanted um flexible vacation so I can still do my shit on the Mm -hmm. side. I wanted a boss who could be a mentor. So I had certain things Mm -hmm. when choosing it. So it made I have unlimited vacation. What job do you know that has that? So I can (laughs) 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 So like I can I'm you know I'm here in New York today. Sunday I leave for LA. I'll be there for a few days and my boss is cool because at the end of the day, remember the value exchange I was talking about? Mm-hmm. He knows that me being out here and the relationships that I build would benefit will benefit him at some point. Uh-huh. So he's like, "Do your thing. Come back home with the goods." You know what I mean? Yes. So he's cool about it. But for me a day in the life is between my 9 to 5 by all my other shit, I have about 22 freelancers that work for me. So wow. while I'm at my nine to five, things still run. There's no like, there's no hiccups. We move like ninjas. We're swift and silent. Like everything still runs. So wow. wherever I am in the world, I can trust that. And even you know Mackenzie, my girl's here right now. Like wherever I am in the world, I can trust that things are always gonna be efficient and they're gonna get done. Because like that's also the requirement, the expectation I have of my team, right? right. I want to uh, switch gears again and ask you um, about a tweet of yours. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, a couple weeks ago, Monique uh, announced to the world that she would like us to boycott Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and in in your tweet, I can't remember it verbatim. You were saying that there is, um, you know, bias that exists mm-hmm. um, uh, against women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in terms of that particular situation, how, how did you, um, what, what personal, uh, what, what personal, um, help me find the words, God. <laughs> what, what personal uh, decision or, or crux did you come to, mm-hmm. to, to um, come to her defense? Because everybody else was kind of like, yo, fuck out of here. You know what I mean? I think you can play both sides of the fence, right? Like, I totally understand I totally understand where she's coming from. I just hate her approach. Mm. It's her approach and delivery that sucks, right? right? Like people will listen to her. She has a lot of, she's very intelligent. She has so much to say, Mm -hmm. but it's how she's delivering it and how her use of social media, that's just, you know, nobody, that's the reason why no one's taking her seriously. Um, 
as a woman, as a woman of color, I'm a double minority, and so like I have to deal with all kinds of shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And like oftentimes, you know, if I'm sitting down with a client, where I'm sitting at a board table, boardroom table, and it's filled with suits, right? I gotta make sure I have my shit in order because like I know they're looking at me half crazy. Mm-hmm. So like I get it, and even when. I'm negotiating contracts and deals and you know with a male client perspe- prospect and they want to negotiate me down like I got to make sure that like I come twice as hard and I and I can back up what I'm saying when I ask for more mm-hmm. right and um uh, the chief uh, brand officer at, at Uber right she um that's one thing I've learned from her. You know, she's considered Uber's savior. And that's one thing I've learned from her. She always says, ask for more. And so, like, for me, um, yeah, the whole Monique situation, I mean, she definitely could... I feel like she could have got more had she handled it a little bit more for professionally. Right. Okay. So, in, in terms of, um, you know, role models, can you speak to uh, a bit of the the criterion one should have when looking for a role model mm-hmm. because you know so many times you see somebody like oh that's what I want to do this is who I want to be but there's no real like gel or connection between you and that goal so what, what are some things as as a uh, what, what are some things you should look to um, emulate or, or to look I think that to you can else? I think that you can learn from everybody Role model, not a role model, someone you hate, someone you love, someone who treats you poorly, someone who treats you. You can learn a little bit from everybody. I think you need to take what's for you, leave everything else. Because if you like put, if you like believe in one, put every, all your belief in one single person, like you're going to be shattered when they make a poor decision or when they, or when they fuck up badly. Like I think that you should have multiple mentors, multiple coaches, multiple role models. Um, and also too, like, they're human you know what i mean like they're not god they're human so i think it's just very important to just uh uh, be very mindful of the advice you take from individuals and um again take what's for you and leave everything else because not everything that person does or says is meant for you meant for your life you know what are you hoping for the next couple of years going forward because right now we're in a really um interesting space a Mm -hmm. unique space when we're, we're kind of rediscovering you know, womanhood, mm-hmm. like as, as a society at large, you yeah. know? And some of this stuff is like thousands of years in the making, you know, like the Me Too movement, what have you. Um, what, what are some things that you're, you're hopeful to see in the next coming years or, or, or what shifts in culture would you like to see? I think that we're doing a really good job in the Me, uh, the Me Too movement. I mean, I'm a survivor of, you know, date rape, sexual abuse, and the Me Too movement personally touches me because it's so awesome to see women stepping up and being confident in their responses and not backing down. I mean, I once had a family member tell me, like, you should have took that shit to the grave, right? Wow. And so for me, um, I think we're doing a great job right now. To Obviously, we still have a lot of work to do, but we're doing a great job right now of standing firm in our beliefs mm-hmm. and um, having a, it's having a ripple effect on younger generations, right? Because they're looking at us, you know, for as examples, right? Um, you can't be what you can't see, right? And so younger generations, when they're looking at us, you know, we need to make sure that we are um, thinking about them and their futures. Gotcha. So. Is this something... Um Bubbling in the city of Toronto right now. (laughs) Well, a lot of amazing talent comes from Toronto. The Weeknd, Tory Lanez, Mm -hmm. you know, Drake. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Bieber's from Canada, not necessarily Toronto. Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of undiscovered talent musically, but also like um, on other levels as well. Um, but I, lo- like I said, like I, you will not go further than you think. And so the reason why I'm always in New York or always in DC or always wherever mm-hmm. is because I really want to expand my horizons. And I think like. Um, that cross promotion is important as well too, mm-hmm. right? So I, I love I love traveling and meeting people outside of Toronto, but Toronto's home for sure. What are some of the the cultural earmarks that you take with you from Toronto? We well we move a lot differently too, right? Like I find that for I, the reason why I like to operate outside of Toronto is just the new energy, right? Like we're very lax, right? Which is a good and bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we are calculated, strategic, um, but there's a newness that comes from like New York and surrounding cities, DC, um, that really inspires me. So, um, but I think what's really awesome is whenever I come into a US space and I'm, that I say I'm Canadian, you know what I mean? They, uh, people light up. Cause oh. people like, they associate Canadians with being like really nice and really positive. And when you hear Toronto, you automatically think Drake and you think awesomeness and everything. So yeah, right? So um, I think that's always cool. And it's also a, like a great conversation starter. Gotcha, gotcha. I want you to um, definitely plug your book because you have a new one coming out, right? Yeah, oh my God. And so my first book, Everything I Couldn't Tell My Mother, I released that in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, it did really well, uh, and that took me about four years to write. Mm. This book I co-wrote with um, at Brand with Drew on Instagram. Oh, um, that's yeah, and uh, it took us four months. Wow. And like, I can't even tell you, like, I am exhausted. I'm full time tired, but we did it, and it's going to come out this spring. And it's called Mixed Emotions, mm. and the subtitle is What the Fuck is Personal Branding? Um. And I think that. Uh, every millennial at some point has that has crossed their mind um, a lot of millennials are going through a crossroads of like am I a brand how do I brand why am I branding what is branding um, and so we hope to answer these questions we've divided the book into three sections nobody knows this so you're getting exclusive <laughs> So we divided the book into three sections. The first section is for individuals who don't know what the hell they want to do with their life. Mm-hmm. The middle section is for individuals who want to strive in corporate. Mm-hmm. The last section is for individuals who want to strive as entrepreneurs. Wow. So no matter where you're at in your life, there's something for you. And so we have over 300 tips, pointers, um, and pieces of advice for people who fit in those three categories. Dope, dope. Our, our audience is pretty entrepreneurial. What's like, you know, much free advice? I know you get paid by the hour. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? To piggyback that point, you I did see you say something on Twitter as well that like if if you're giving time, like you should attach your that, value to that. Yeah, absolutely. Like people need to come up with a time, date, and payment method if they mm. want my time. Why do you think why do you think that it, it might be hard or somebody might have reservations to attach a monetary value to their time belief in self confidence Mm. right like the thing is if someone approaches me with a business opportunity or if they want to pick my brain that is fine but i want to know like i put out so much free content whether it's my podcast my blog my vlog whatever like there's so much free content you that would that would tell me that you've exhausted all options and now that you're coming to me to pick my brain you're ready to pay me Mm. 
because you yeah. could you could have gone to Google, but you chose specifically to hear me out because you appreciate the the wealth of knowledge that I have. So with that appreciation comes a price tag, right? So I really do feel it's not it's no disrespect. It's just it's not personal. It's business, right? Because you could go to anybody else for free or whatever, like Google, whatever. But if you specifically come to me. I expect you to pay me for my knowledge and expertise because I've spent time investing and like learning this. Absolutely. I mean, to just hand it over to you. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. In some cases, in special cases, I may. Yeah. Um, but in most cases, I do expect, you know, to get payment for Absolutely. my expertise. Absolutely. And I think other people should feel just as confident doing that. Of course, it's always nerve wracking, but you'll read, you can read online several articles, a lot of entrepreneurs, like just going to coffee and meeting somebody is it takes, I have to travel there, I have to travel home, it's like time there. A lot of times people do not say thank you, they don't acknowledge you for your work, you never hear from them again. Mm -hmm. Like I actually care, so I wanna know, did my advice help you? Did you do anything with it? Like follow back with me, follow up with me, right? Yes. Sometimes you don't even get that. So I was, nah, like I'm not, I'm not doing this dance with you, um, so I'd rather you just pay me. What's, what's some of the detriment of the self-made generation? Like we're we're in that space where everybody's like, yo, I did it myself. Self-made. What what are some of the nobody self-made? Everyone at some point has to has had to stand on the shoulders of a giant, mm. right? Like no one is self-made. Whether you've lead, leaned on the Lord, whether you've mm. leaned on your parents, whether you've leaned nice. on because think about it like this. Like I'm actually grateful and very happy that I went through as much. Um, mental abuse as I did, whether it was through my parents not believing me, whether it was through the bullies that tortured me, or my family members who still don't know what the hell I do, right? Because without that critique, without that criticism, I would not have developed the backbone that I have today. So at some, like, I guess, um, if you look at it that way, then I had to lean on them in order to really, you know what I mean? Like, understand who I am, what I want. So, yeah, like, nobody's self-made. Nobody. Because... Oh, sorry. No, no, it's it's all good. I was gonna say, yeah. At some point, you've had to. Someone has stepped in in some capacity. Mm -hmm. I see you also practice free writing. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about that exercise and how how that um, helps you go throughout your day. And also tell us some of your affirmations that you repeat to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, have you seen Being Mary Jane? I have not seen it. Oh my so. god! Well, it's not really. You're not like <laughs> the demographic. Have, cable, you're not the. So you're not. Well, you're not really the demographic. But so Gabrielle Union, she had sticky notes all over her room, like every single like mirror, the whatever, right? So what I would do is what I practice. I have a lot of sticky notes all over my bedroom, all over my furniture, just with like words I want to say to myself. Um, word affirmations of love kindness like I speak a lot of things into existence mm -hmm. I was in Essence magazine in their February issue that's something I spoke into existence mm -hmm. um, whether it was you know producing this book every single thing I have a three-foot vision board in my room so like I'm really big on like writing goals down I think it's extremely important um, and so for me uh, the original question was affirmations and what are like my free writing yeah mm -hmm. Free writing is important to me because just it's just a form of expression. I have a lot of shit that goes on in my head, and so I need to like I need somewhere to uh, to get it out. So again, I was journaling when I was a kid and I was by myself, and I wanted to feel safe and protected. So free writing is just a way of me practicing. Just like you know, when you are an athlete, you have to exercise your muscles, right? Like it's the same thing. I feel like your brain needs to be exercised, especially someone who's in um, strategic planning mm -hmm. and business development. Um, it's super important to, to exercise those muscles. Absolutely. So yeah, we ask all our guests that come on Driven Minds, um, 
I'm happy to have you on. So what drives you? What's that driving factor that gets you to wake up at 5 a.m., build with your team, make greatness happen, mm-hmm. and you know, um, do it again the next day? I don't want to be broke because I've had... How is that? My family has definitely gone through financial storms. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to fall asleep to the sound of your mother crying every night. I know what it's like mm-hmm. to open your fridge and shit's just not popping. Like I know what it's like to, you know, you know, I, I mean, my parents would hate me for saying all this stuff, but almost have, you know, having your hydro bill like fucked up. Like I know what those feelings are like. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's like, I work hard because I want to be able to pay my mom's bill so she can chill. And like, it's nice to be in, in a position where I can help my family, I can help myself, I can still eat, I don't have to worry. I mean, mind you, I, I, I kill myself doing it, right? Because I'm flying here and flying there and taking meetings and not taking care of my health. But it's mm-hmm. nice to be in a position where, like, mom doesn't have to, like, worry, you know? Indeed. Definitely indeed. This interview is too far. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Don't make me end it, but I do have another question. How <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, yeah, yeah, um, how important is it for someone who's trying to get into, um, I guess, the entrepreneurial space or build a business or whatnot? Um, how important and significant is for them to brand themselves, right? Because a lot of times, you know, you have the company and then mm-hmm. the founder is also like an entity in itself, right? Like Gary V has made a yeah. and people know Gary V. You know right. what I'm saying? But then on the other hand, this complex, nobody talks about who the founder of complex. I mean Mark Echo kind of just faded away. Mm-hmm. Like how important in this space do you feel for people to um, brand themselves? Well a lot of people don't know. One of my secret hidden talents in my secret life is that I'm a celebrity ghostwriter. And so when I'm working with um, C-level executives and high-profile individuals, they now want to become a Colin Kaepernick, let's say. They want to lend their voice. They want to be an expert in their field. Like, a lot more individuals are now considering branding themselves because they see Gary Vee, because they see individuals who have an opinion and stand for something. They see the ripple effects as a result of that. Um, so I think it's extremely important. I mean, we see... Uh, you know Gary Vee's book go to number one we've seen, like we see the positivity that comes from um, putting yourself out there right. but the pro- here's the thing when you put yourself out there it requires you to be vulnerable it requires you to be honest it requires you to be open and sometimes you stand for things that people don't agree with mm-hmm. um, and that is something that a lot of people may not be ready to face mentally so I think that's the hesitation it's like how much content do I want to put out there to what degree do I want to put out there yeah right so it's I think you go big or go home to be honest right Mm. um you can't half step this shit it's Mm. either you're doing it or you're not um and if you're not then don't complain that you don't have uh, that you're not experiencing the success that comes with it and if you do go all in say a prayer and just and work with someone like me or a strategist to help you like Put your thoughts together um, but I do think that it's extremely important it's just not optional anymore if you really I feel like if you do want to be successful on, at some level you have to brand yourself you know absolutely there you have it ladies and gentlemen this thank you thank you I appreciate it thank you so much for asking me I really appreciate you guys for that absolutely indeed um yeah, tell people where you can find you on your socials and everything. Uh, my name is very unique, so if you Google Pollyanna Reed, everything will come up. Sweet. Twitter, Instagram, vlog, everything. 
I just redid my website, my personal website, everything. PollyannaReed.com, NewGirlOnTheBlock.com, TheWritersBlock.com, without the C on purpose. Dope, dope, dope. Like we always say this time, stay driven.